Let's just go. (laughs) Hi, Peter Kraft. Hi, Meredith. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, Meredith. Thank you for having me today. I, it's I, it's lovely to meet someone who is a creativity guide, which Thank is you. it's nice to be met, <laughs> which is both your business and I imagine just sort of your identity in life as well. Um, one of them, yes, but a, a very significant one and uh, one I very much love. So can you tell me a little bit about um, how what led you to this? World? Sure. Do how much time do we have? To, do you want the short or long version? Time. We have okay. time. Um, the the short version is um, I hit a pretty big wobble professionally early in middle age, um, and one that was sort of needed and necessary, but also you know still deeply uncomfortable, and uh, which kicked my ass six ways to Sunday, but, um, and as I was casting about sort of for, you know, what was the thing, um, I was talking to a friend and they're like, what's something you could start tomorrow that wouldn't cost you any money that you do. And uh, I realized I am the person that all of my creative friends come to when they're working on a project and they're stuck or they have, 10 ideas and they don't know how to get started. And I'm always able to get them where they want to go and help them move that work forward of whatever kind of work it is um, and get them there in a way that they're making the thing they want to make rather than like, here's the thing I think you should do. Because generally when we work with coaches or other people, it sometimes can turn into that conversation of like, this is what you really should be doing. Or what you think the audience wants. Right. Versus what is the thing you're actually trying to do? And um, I was like, that's, that's it. That's the answer. Because uh, I've worn so many hats professionally. And for the longest time, I really sort of struggled with that because I never really fit in a box. i trained as a writer. That's what I went to graduate school for. Um, Worked as a journalist, was a teacher, fell into an accidental career as a very fancy shishi floral designer for 20 years. Um, Did a lot of work in live television, um, theater. um, And I realized sort of that, you know, for a long time, like I would go to a network meeting and people would be like, what do you do? And I didn't really know what to tell them or they'd give me kind of the stink eye when I didn't have like the snappy answer. And, um, but I realized sort of the through line in all of this is process and working with process, whether that's, you know, with my own creative work or being part of, you know, a big live television production, which is this huge machine and so many parts and so many hands um, and really having to understand how that machine works um, and yet still get to some sort of creative outcome that works for a lot of people. Um, And, you know, that's always been my great love is process and sort of getting from here to there and A to B and... um, And with that, I um, started work as a dedicated mentor at the New Museum in New York. And they have a program called New Inc., 
where they take up to 80 members a year and give them uh, a workspace, uh, training, and each project, whether that's an individual or a team, also gets their own mentor for a year of their residency to just kind of guide them through their project. And not all of them are artists. There's a lot of um, tech people there. There's a lot of uh, city planners, social justice, community engagement. So they're working at things from a whole variety of angles. And, um, you know, you sort of get matched with the project for a year. Um, So I've had to really kind of be able just to be like, okay, let's go. I may not know anything about this specific work, but let's be together and figure this out. And um, I learned that I was able to do that and get people where they wanted to go and sort of just really engage with the process. So it's great fun and very satisfying and just makes me very happy. You know, I love, I love your insight around process being the core element that goes through it all. Yeah. Where do you see, I imagine that you're, you see patterns as you work with people mm-hmm at stages in which people get snagged in their own processes. Like how do you identify where those snags are happening or how do you dig in to understand how to help? Usually there's um, a couple common things. Um, Many people I work with, um, and again, they're not all artists. Many of them are entrepreneurs, um, but they're all in a moment of transition and um, wanting to either take their current knowledge and turn it into another form or um, move into something new altogether and sort of not sure what in their experience prepares them to go in a different direction. And the main commonality, and I, it's not, this is not kind of uh, like the lightning bolt insight, but it really is true. Um, They have the answer already. They know how to do it. And, um, It really is more a question of helping people understand that they have that answer. Um, An example I like to use from a client, um, she was a professional organizer and she had this really interesting way that she worked with clients um, and she was kind of the anti-Marie Kondo in that her approach was very forgiving and sort of very... um, rooted in the fact that your life is always changing, therefore your stuff is changing, and, you know, what worked for you at one time may not work now. And um, she was writing a book. She wanted to write a book about her method and sort of what that was, but, um, you know, she said she didn't know how to do it. She'd never written a book before. She wasn't a writer, you know, sort of all of those things. But as we were working on it together, I, you know, what I kept pointing out to her was like, this is exactly what you do in your job right? You have a story, somebody has a story in their home, and you are teaching them sort of what's essential in that story, and how to pull out what isn't or what doesn't work, Um, which is exactly what writing is, and editing, and sort of, you know, really honing in on a vision through multiple drafts. Um, So she may not have had this sort of one kind of skill, but for the heart, the most important skill, she had it and Mm. she knew how to do it. And it was just a question of really sort of shifting her belief about that, um, that this was a process she just engages in, in her everyday life. And 
that it was just in a different form that she wasn't as familiar with or didn't quite recognize. And, and I think that's pretty true across the board um, for most people. And it's really kind of teaching them in a way their own process and helping them understand that they do have a process Um, because there's so many, and I have nothing against them. I'm not slamming them, but there are so many books about creativity and like, this is how to do it. And this is the creative path and follow these steps and you will get there. Um, And if they help wonderful. And I find, you know, there's things in them that work for some people, but I often find, um, that also freaks people out or they feel bad or like, well, it's not working for me. So it must be me. And rather it's than, not a one size fits all. Right. right. I mean, Absolutely. The thing is it's a more yeah. of a mindset than anything else. Right. Of, or a new way of looking at things, which it sounds like you're really great at helping people do. Right. I'm wondering how much of your, so I work with a, some way I am lucky enough to get to work with somebody who researches creativity. She's mm-hmm. at Yale. Her name is Zorana Pringle. And she taught me, she's writing a book on creativity right now from sort of an academic perspective, but uh-huh. she taught me that um, there are these stages of creation and creativity and that um, frustration is a core element Absolutely. of the creative process. And that, Pushing through frustration is crucial to sort of moving into that new stage of creativity. And I'm curious how much of your time is spent trying to help people move through their emotions around this work. Like, is it entangled or? That's definitely part of it. And I think, you know, and I, and, you know, I, I want to, you know, be clear too. I mean, I suffer from it too when I'm working on my own projects. There's always that moment where you're just like, what am I doing? Like I've kind of lost the whole thing or, you know, you, every time you try to get your arms around it, it morphs into something else. Um, but what it is, I think even more than frustration, it's just people get spooked um, for a couple reasons. Um, one of which is, um, they feel like they don't know how to do it and therefore something is wrong. Um, when in fact, uh, you don't know how to do it because that, that's part of making things, right? Is not only do you have to make it, you have to figure it out at the same time. You have to figure out how to make it at the same time. So um, I always feel like, well, why? how would you know? Like, and you have experience and things that work and process that's, that are familiar to you, but each project you are sort of starting from scratch in a way, and it's going to need its own particular rules and systems. Um, So it's more about, I think, helping people sort of stay in that space and not be freaked out because, um, and I think particularly for people who are in a transitional mode or, you know, moving from one kind of knowledge to another, um, because of our society, you know, that we're, we're supposed to get a result quickly and um, they start getting panicky, like something's wrong with me because I'm not getting this answer quickly. When in fact, you know, a, a project that's really coming from you takes time and it takes time to sort of surface. And so I just, I look at it as kind of, uh, you know, like we're in the cave together and I'm the person who's there in the cave with you saying like, I know the cave. I know how to be in the cave and I'm going to teach you how to be in the cave. And if you bump your head, 
I've got bandages, you'll be okay. And, you know, then you can start finding your way around. And I think it really is just that teaching people to be comfortable in that in-between phase, because that's where most people give up, right? Yeah, that makes a ton of sense. Do you ever have to help people let go? And I asked this from personal experience, which is I published my first book last year. Yes, congratulations. Thank you. And um, I started thinking about it five years ago or six uh-huh. years ago. And I met with my friend who is also my agent um, and talked about it with her and found myself just sort of the ideas were getting too big really fast, like too ambitious you know, wanting to take multi-country studies of anxiety and understand the world. It just got really big, really fast. And I actually had to step away from it Mm -hmm. for four years. I didn't even think of it that way. I didn't think, oh, I'm going to step away from from it for four years. I just thought I'm too close. I have to let go. Right. I'm going to give it time. And when it came back, it was it was very formed. It was strange. It was like, here it is. It's ready to go. And it it moved very quickly. So I'm curious about that, how you've experienced that with people. I think that's very common. And I would say that both, again, as somebody who makes things and as somebody who helps people who make things. Um, And I generally, when you're at that stage where it is too big and you've got like 4,000 ideas, um, it just means it's not ready or or that you haven't thought it through yet. Mm. And you intuitively, instinctively, absolutely did the right thing, which is let it sit and let it marinate because then it does start to take form. And as you're out and about in the world and engaging with you, because you're still engaging with those questions, it's not like it just disappears. And, um, you know, it's, it is taking shape. And part of that is a kind of, I don't know, is it faith? Is it... um trust. I'm not sure right what the right word is, but you have to be willing to let it sit. Um, it's, it's really interesting because it's um, almost like, um, allow, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if these words are even right, but it's like allowing your subconscious right, absolutely. Like working at it. And you may not even be aware that that's right. happening. And no, you're right, that's why that is faith. Cause yeah. you're not actively working on it at all. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's hard, you know, because something about that idea is clearly exciting and it's sort of like, you know, you are kind of champing out the bit to go, but um, it just may not be ready and you may not be ready. And I think that's part of this process too. And, you know, one thing I try to work with with people is, um, you know, again, we're so pressured to get sort of fast results Mm -hmm. and and in, in America in particular, if you're not producing or getting a result right away, then something's wrong. But, um, you know, the really good idea, the really big one, and the one that's closest to your heart is the one that takes time. And to speak to your experience, too, when you were ready, then it kind of went, right? Amazing. I mean, yeah. just so surprised. It was so fast. I yeah. mean, it was like the thing was fully formed. I almost felt like I wasn't doing it. Like I was just like passing it through. I mean, I know Elizabeth Gilbert talks about that a lot, but it's sort of like uh, the flow state feeling, but nothing you can, it it doesn't feel like anything you can chase, which does make it very difficult. Yeah. And that's the heart. I mean, that's, you know, this is one of the sort of, 
mysteries of creativity is there is that balance of sort of, you know, you have to show up and you have to sort of be ready and wanting to work um, and working. Um, but at the same time, you also have to be willing to let something be and listen. And I think that is one of the challenges people face most often is that listening question. Um, because for instance, like, I think you're a meditator, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. So you've, you've had to learn and you keep learning that process of sort of, you know, sitting, letting those thoughts happen and not getting, you know, super wound up in them. Exactly. And, yeah. And it's the same thing with making like, you know, cause you're going to have a lot of ideas and, you know, it's the, you know, you can't chase after everyone because that's... I mean, that's to me where the bridge between... I mean, that's where the self-knowledge of the overthinking seems super important to be able to recognize it. And mm-hmm. it's something that unless you start to build a muscle around recognition, it's not just a natural thing that you're right. now like, oh, now is... I'm holding on too tightly. Now is the time right. to let go. Yeah. And it's always too that it's it's not linear. And I think you know, again, we're, we, it's very easy to get in that mindset of like, if I just keep following these steps in this particular order, then the thing will happen. And that works to a certain extent, but I think for, again, for the big idea, you know, sometimes that just starts with a nudge or, you know, some sort of sensation where you're sort of like, well, that's kind of interesting. I wonder about that. And then you know, like two months later, you're like, oh, I wonder about this. And then it's, you know, it starts kind of building on its own, but it's already clearly on your radar and taking root. Um, So, I mean, like the simple version is, you know, planting seeds, right? You have to, at some point, you just put the seed in the ground and let it do its thing. And, you know, you don't want to be the farmer who's pulling it up every day to see how the roots are growing. Don't overwater it. Yeah. So, um, and I think it really is a question of sort of cultivating that kind of trust in that um, and not panicking, you know, at the same time, because it's easy to panic. It's so easy to panic. panic. One thing that really intrigues me about how you're describing your work is that it sounds like you need to be both big picture and sort of take in what's happening and read context clues about someone's life. And then you also need to be very detailed in thinking about the process, the details of the process and how that goes. And I'm curious about how you think of that. Does, is, does that seem true to you? That's very true. And that's a really um, great way of describing it. I, I tend to describe it as kind of like I'm the um, air traffic controller. So, you know, I have to see like everything that's happening yeah. in the sky, um, but also what is your flight path? But you're still the person who has to fly the plane. Um, so, you know, it's not <laughs> like I'm going to do all the work for you, but, um, but it is, you know, you kind of need, it's very helpful to have that. And cause it is, you know, when you're on that trail, you know, cause you're kind of following breadcrumbs in a way, yes. um, you know, you need somebody along the way to be like, okay, here's the forest. Yeah, I have a sense, Peter, from talking to you just a very short period of time that you're very good at what you do. Because I do think that this awareness of the details and this awareness of um, how to get granular with someone and understand their process, like that's, I don't often hear it described that way, but I think that feels very right. 
in, Good. in thank you i i think that's you know that's one of the key things and i and i part of the one of the things i enjoy is sort of being able to get my hands dirty on the project with somebody at the same time because i often for instance like with my mentor work at the museum it's it's and you never want to enter into that kind of relationship as like, I have all the answers for you. Um, or I'm, you know, I'm the answer guy. Now go make your thing. Um, it's more, you know, just someone who can ask questions and sort of make that space to really explore those questions and also be able to say like, Hey, wait a second, go back. Like, you know, three pages. I think that's the story. Mm. That's the really interesting thing there but um you know that's that's also requires somebody to be very vulnerable and it's very hard to let somebody in your process yeah uh, absolutely and um and particularly because process can be so intuitive sometimes it's you know it's hard to talk about and um you know i find uh with my own work i'm i'm a photographer and i'm i have a like photo meetup we meet up once a month to talk about what we're doing and I'm working on a project now and kind of like you I started it about I don't know six years ago and and my skills weren't ready for it you know and I I had a lot to learn but I, I kind of knew what the thing was I was after but you know I worked on other stuff and put it aside for a while and and I came back to it um during the pandemic and um, my skills caught up to mm. what I was doing. And I felt like, Oh, I think I know actually how to execute mm. this now. Um, but I quickly discovered an avenue to it that I hadn't really thought about before. And I was like, well, crap, what's this? <laughs> I thought it was going to be this one thing, but I think this is actually it. And um and so I was sharing some of the images in my photo meetup and I'm like, I can't really tell you what this is yet. I think this is it or, you know, that I'm on the right trail. Um, but I still can't say what that is or where this is going to be. Here are pieces of it. That's all I got. And that's all I can say. It's almost yeah. like you're trying to meet. It's like the idea is coming with its language and here's you and you don't yeah. know when that's going to meet. Right. But one of the things that does sound like you do a lot is trying to help people articulate something that often doesn't get articulated. Right. Which is really important because to make sense of it and to create shape, I mean, that's what right. writers do, but like right. you're, you're, you're trying to um, take these blobby impressions and sort of emotions and, and all of the things of your life and say, I mean, that's what makes it, I, it's the same thing when you work in technology, I work at Pinterest and work at <laughs> technology and you, you have to identify the problem before you can start to build you Absolutely. can't, you, you can't just go in there and start to build something. I mean, you can, but it doesn't work as well. So right. that, that process of refining, what is the problem here? What is the, what is the thing we're looking to solve? What, what is the step to get there? That seems right. like really crucial and something that a lot of people just sort of muddle through. Right. And I think in a way they're kind of afraid to ask for help with it, or there's some embarrassment about it or you know, you should be able to figure it out on your own. And um, I, you know, my experience has been no one ever makes anything on their own. I mean, I, I certainly haven't. I'm me you know, too. Me too. Even as a writer, like you know, somebody else reads it. 
Yeah. You haven't, you work with an editor, you have, you know, those trusted set of eyes to be like, cut these three pages. This is the thing you want to build on. You know, that's the right sentence. You know, you need some other point of view and some, some sort of guardrail just to kind of keep you focused um, and, you know, on that particular trail. And, um, you know, there's nothing, you're still making it. I think it's just, we have this sort of weird, you know, myth that it's this, you know, you're the solo solo (laughs) person, you know, wrestling with the muse in your studio and then the bolt of lightning hits and then you make the work and it's all great. And then, you know, then you suffer in obscurity and then your work is famous, you know, a hundred years later. I and mean, these are all terrible ideas. I mean, I mean, it's the same as learning when and how to ask for help. I mean, we're yeah. just Americans often. I mean, I'm from the Midwest and it's just not yeah. something that you're sort of taught. Like right. as you start to get stuck, it's okay to ask for help. It's a good thing to ask for help. It's acknowledging right. what needs to happen and it's going to keep you moving. Right. Um, Someone would rather sit by the side of the road than get on that bus that's going to help move them forward. Yeah. Well, it's interesting, too, because um, people have so much anxiety around the word creative or Mm. creativity, and it brings up all sorts of stuff. And and I, you know, it's one of those words I always, I'm kind of reluctant to use it because. Yeah, I understand. People always get into that, well, I'm not creative. Like, well, that's, that's not true. And, you know, everyone's creative in some way. And, and, you know, we all have some experience and I've, you know, I've, I always reference this, but, you know, there was that teacher or that sibling or someone who was like, what are you, what are you, that? what are you doing? Like, don't do that again, you know? Mm-hmm. And then like, you never draw a picture again yeah. after that. Yeah. Um, it's so, you know, fragile and, uh, you know, it's very easy to kind of drive it underground. And, um, and I think, you know, sort of one of the things I was curious about with, you know, all the work that you're doing and sort of your conversation around anxiety uh, in particular, um, it's not, uncommon, you know, in my work, you know, to push up against that because it is people just get anxious about it and you feel very judged and, you know, it's hard to put something out in the world. And it's the perfectionism too. I mean, I, when I was young, I wrote so much. I mean, there's probably a word for someone who just is always writing all the time. And then, um, my first job, uh, out of college was to work with a literary agent. And then I worked in book publishing for a while. And I started working with incredible writers. I mean, I was at the publishing house that was sending one of the editors to the Nobel uh, ceremony every year. It was incredible. Right. I was just a lowly assistant, but this was the house that was doing a lot of that work. And, um, I just stopped writing because I felt like I, I'm not, Gunter Grass. <laughs> right. Yeah. I'll never be. I am not enough. Amos Oz. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, uh, uh, Vislava Jamborska. Like, I, I don't know how I'm possibly going to write. And it was the wrong thing to think because, um, writing is a process. I always say this, but writing is a process as well as an outcome. And the process of writing is the same like what you're doing, where you are articulating and clarifying your space 
your shape of where you are, your context, where you are, what's happening, understanding it. And um, it's it's too bad that for so many years, I just would never did that. I mean, yeah. it's, it's like, until I understood anxiety, that's when everything made sense to me. Right. Um, so yeah, I feel the same way. I'm like, I wish that weren't the case for people. Well, and it's interesting too, because I would think if you asked any of those writers, they would also say they don't know what they're doing. I know. I actually have been around some of those. Yeah. Well, Charles, um, man, I should not forget his name. He was such an amazing poet. But I spent time with him and I remember him just doubting. And, and and you know, that's just part of the process as well. But just everyone is still just a human. They're still right. just themselves. Yeah. And they're, um, yeah, they agreed. They would feel was it. Was it Charles Simic? It was Charles Simic. Okay. It was okay. Charles Simic. Thank okay. you. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I. Fantastic. And I think, um, you know, I, I. It's not like you know you want to be like what is it us Max and they're like stars they're just like us but um, I I wish more people sort of spoke honestly about you know like I don't really know what I'm doing and I think you know I think I do sometimes or I have days where I'm like yes this is how to do it. Um, but, um, you know, and you're familiar with your materials and your tools, but, um, it's so connected to, you know, how you're feeling and the environment and, you know, all those things, um, and the potential for things to go awry is, is high and, um, you know, it's, I, you know, I funny, I worked, you know, in live TV for like 20 years and I always, and I, you know, I still, I'm knocking wood as I'm saying it. Cause I'm always like, how does this not blow up every day? Like the potential for catastrophe is enormous and you know, it happens. Every show happens. I, by Maybe. the way, it's funny you say that I am literally working on live programming for Pinterest right now. Oh, okay. That's one of the thing <laughs> I'm working on is called Pinterest TV and it's live programming. Okay. So it's hilarious. It's hilarious that you bring that up, but yeah, I know it is. Like, and yet it happens, right? And it's yet like, it happens. <laughs> yeah. And things, you know, maybe yeah. some things go wrong. Nobody knows. Nobody yeah. watching knows. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I was listening to this uh, in-depth podcast about Ricky or about Desi Arnaz and Lucille Ball and how revolutionary they were and right. like yeah. selling their show and just the quality level. And one of their innovations was to get human beings inside to watch their show as they were recording it. And the studio NBC was like, we can't even imagine this. This is, how are you going to bring people in? We've only been doing it this one way and you have to bring these sets in and out and you have to set up the lighting every time. And they just thought so differently around like people and they, and they were saying like, you know, people are probably going to be farting and coughing and throwing up. And it's like, people are not as wild as that. Yeah. <laughs> like the, it is possible to do. It's, it's just interesting how in abstract we may right. fear things. But. Right. Well, and also, and it's, you know, it's, again, it's one of those funny balances of sort of like, yes, you need an awareness of what could go wrong. Um, but I always, you know, it's like, we can also turn that on its side and say, well, what's the awareness of what could go right? I love that. Yeah, that's right. And, you know, that there's, you know, something else is always possible. And I, you know, I'm, I think at heart, I'm an optimist, Um, you know, very little goes to waste in your experience. Um, And, you know, I'm sure the 
four or five years your book was sitting, all of your experience was shaping them, mm-hmm. even if you didn't know it. And I think, you know, it's kind of, again, sort of cultivating that trust that even if it's not immediately clear or there is not that immediate connection, um, it's still connected and something is still growing and it isn't a waste. You know, I think when I look back at this photo project that I started, you know, five years ago, the pictures that I made five years ago were the pictures I knew how to make at that time. And, um, and the skills that I had at that time were the best skills that I had at that moment in time. Um, my skills have improved, but they would not have improved without those other skills. And it's very important to sort of keep coming back to that long view that you were always building on that. And, you know, to sort of take that stink of failure off because even the projects that don't work, you know, you learn something from them and they are valuable and, um, and they have a lot to tell you if you can get out of the like, oh, I really fucked that up. And yep. I suck, you know. Yep. Um, so it's, you know, making things isn't easy. And I, I think that's that's kind of my biggest, if I have a message, I always that's the one I always come back to is that I, it's hard to make things and that's okay. It doesn't mean something's wrong or that you stink or are a failure. It just means that it's hard to make things. You have anticipated like three of my questions. Okay. I mean, not just this one, a couple of other times as well. Because okay. the question I was going to ask you is what is it that you wish people would know, but you just answered it. So. That that really is, I mean, that's the biggest one. Cause I think if, if you can keep coming back to that, that it's sort of, it's not um, a failure because it's challenging. And it's not, um, and it's a good challenge. I mean, I think that's the other part of it. I wish there were other words because they all sound like taking your medicine or, you know, (laughs) eating your vegetables or something, but it's, you know, they're fun challenges and they're, it's really engaging to be stretched that way and to sort of really have to be like, huh, can I do this? I don't know. Let's find out. Um, I think that's the same thing with the Zorana work too, around the frustration is realizing like, oh, okay, I'm, I'm wrestling with this. It can feel hard. It can feel frustrating, but that's the process. Like that's, right. that's where I am. That's what it's supposed to be. Right. And I think too, if, um, you know, we're so much, I, I, I sound like the crankiest oldest, like <laughs> in America now, this is why things are wrong. But, you know, all of our solutions are geared to the easiest side of easy now. And I, you know, I'm the same as everybody. I'm like, why is this taking a fraction of a second to load up? What the hell, you know? Um, but that's, you know, our internet speed, writing, making images, building a business, whatever the thing is, um, it takes time and, and it's a slow cumulative process. I know Um, I've been working on, on this whole idea of beautiful Voyager since 2015, and I feel like I'm just really getting into the stride of it for seven right. years. <laughs> well, and how many moving parts do you have to keep track of? <laughs> a lot. Yeah, I, you know, so 
you know, objectively, if we laid that out, like when you sat down to come up with this, I'm sure you didn't think like, here are the 4,000 moving parts I'm going to have to handle. You're like, oh, here's a good idea. Right. And this could be a value. I know what I want. I know what I want to say. Like, really, that's all I had. I know what I want to say. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's important to just acknowledge that part of it and, you know, and really be kind to yourself about that because it's, you know, again, it's that sort of that, that genius idea that it's just, you know, one day it comes to you and then like you run to your studio and you make the thing and it's great. Um, and you know, maybe that happens every once in a while. I, you know, I, I don't want to discount that, but that's not been my experience for most things. Um, and most of the people I work with, that's not their experience too. And it's just, it's, it's a useless pressure. I don't know why, you know, it, it looks sexy in a movie, but, um, it just doesn't work that way in life. And, um, you know, the, what we see in the movies is probably most of which doesn't work in life. That's so true. That's we, can, true. we can all give ourselves the break in that regard. Peter, I have loved talking to you. I am excited to include all the information about you in the, the notes on the podcast and on YouTube. Um, thank you so much for your time and wisdom. Oh, thanks. Thank you so much for having me. This is really, it just kind of flew by. I was like, <laughs> 40 minutes is a long time to talk, but we just kind of... No, it was wonderful. Thank you. Yes, it was wonderful to have you.